Just look at this studio filled with fabulous prizes. Ooh. All waiting to be won on Score North's... Pick your prize! Behind door number one is a $10,000 gift card to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters for shows, concerts, food, and beverage. Ooh. Door number two has $10,000 in home improvements for your kitchen, bathroom, windows, and more from Minnesota Rusco and Companies. Ah. And behind door number three, LASIK eye procedure from Dr. Lovanoff at Ovo LASIK and Lens. And a fantastic vacation. No surprise zoinks. What you want, you pick. 14 prizes in all, each valued at $10,000. Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. I will ride with this group. Seriously, man. Please. And away we go. It is Feedback Friday here on Purple Daily, where we're going to turn the show over to you guys. There's a ton of great questions and takes. A couple things that have really nothing to do with the Vikings in here, but are entertaining, so... We'll get to some of those. You can always submit your Feedback Friday questions, comments, speculation via the Score North app. There's a feedback tab. That's how you can get on, write that down, send a note to us anytime during the week, and we stockpile everything we can here, boys. Uh, happy Feedback Friday. Maybe it's time to make a quick trip run this weekend, huh? Maybe you're running low on snacks, on gas, huh? I started my Friday morning with the quality gas guarantee. That tank, oh. Phil Mackey, was at 10 miles left. In this cold, Whoa, dude, that's risky for you. That's risky for me, and I, not, I filled yeah. up the tank. I got I some nice coffee. That. It was all my weekend started at Quick Trip, Judd. And that, that's where your weekend can start, or perhaps you know what? As you look at the array of take-home meals here, which means the mealtime just got a whole lot simpler. New lower prices on meals. That's right, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So let's say you're driving home today, and there's a Quick Trip right there, and you're like, I got to make my Quick Trip stop. And you're going to, as Declan just said, take advantage of that quality gas guarantee. There's nothing to stop you from getting a delicious meal at Quick Trip because Quick Trip is not your typical convenience store. Quick Trip is your one-stop shopping for all the quality products that you are looking for. As simply as I can put this, be like Declan. I never thought I'd say it, but wow. be like Declan. <laughs> you started the day at Quick Trip. You can end your day there. Do what the greats do, like Declan Goff, and check out Quick Trip. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He's an all-star. Do what the all-stars do. <laughs> the quick trip all-stars. A quick trip all-pro. We should have a quick trip all-pro list. Trip all yeah, it's got to be all-pro for us, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What uh, What are you guys saying here? Jeff Tice. We'll start with his. He says, when you guys have pro- projected a Justin Jefferson extension, you use Nick Bosa's five-year contract extension as a comp. I think this might be wrong, actually. The more worthy comps might be Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf. So those guys, a couple summers ago, signed identical three-year, $72 million extensions with chunks that were guaranteed. I think the contract JJ is looking for is more about the money of Bosa and the term of Samuel and Metcalf. So like a shorter-term, high-money contract. I love this point. Three years, $105 million would put him $1 more average annual value than Bosa with like, call it 90 million guaranteed. 
That would be the highest average annual value for a non-quarterback, and it's short-term. Why only three years? Because then coming off his age 27 season, he can cash in again with another guaranteed contract. So mm-hmm. what do you think, Jeff I says? Think, I think Jeff's thought process is potentially spot bleeping on. In fact, um, in recording Purple Access with our buddy Tyler Fornis yesterday, he brought this exact thing up, and I, I think he's probably right. Like the term... This makes perfect sense, right? Because it's a double dip then. It's three years. And more importantly, it's a ton of guaranteed cash. So God forbid your knee blows out or something. You're still going to break the bank financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I think this is probably e- exactly right. And we still don't know what like stopped the contract from get- getting done before opening day last season. It could have been this. It could have been. It could have had nothing to do with the actual cash. Because I think the Vikings know if they're going to retain Justin, what it's going to cost, right? Average annual, it's, thir- it's going to be 34, yeah. 35 million, right? I mean, so like, this is a great thought process of, of the sticking point might've been the Vikings saying, Hey, if we're going to pay you this much, we want you locked in for five years. And the Jefferson camp saying, Oh no, no. And, and this might be, and we, we should have thought about this before a bit. Cause it sort of makes sense. This might actually be, the genesis of where all of the who is the Vikings quarterback going to be conversation. Because if I'm Jefferson, from a football standpoint, I can also say, well, you know, Kirk Kirk might be gone. That That's fine. And to go back, Super Bowl week, Justin Jefferson basically said, um, Kirk can throw me the ball. Um, Maya Mackey can th- throw me the ball. I'm going to catch the ball. So... And, I mean, I think we're going to get a shot of Maya right now. Oh, so good. Girl. You could throw the ball. You could throw the ball, couldn't you? Say hi to your friends, your football friend. She hi, a fetch Maya. gal? Does she, does she like to play fetch? With her toys, yeah. With her toys, yep, yeah. Like, if you throw a tennis ball, she'll just look at you what like. What are you doing? That's what Stella that does. But Stella. if you throw, like, Mr. Hedgehog or Mr. Mushroom oh. or, you know, Mr. Mr. Coyote. Oh, yeah. I Mr. got Bluey. <laughs> Stella loves her blue doll. She just absolutely, same thing. But, but he could easily say all uh, from a football standpoint let's do a three-year contract and let's see where things go like are you going to draft a guy or are you going to sign a guy yeah. so i absolutely think that this is a great way to start the show because i think that this is probably spot on and guys like dk metcalf who are signing that contract entering you know his age 26 season that's smart um, you can still also get another legitimate payday when that one either comes up or if they want to rip up the contract and give them a new one too so i honestly I, I like when this happens in baseball, too. Some, this doesn't happen as much because guys are looking for big bags and they want to secure paydays. And honestly, the whole service time and free agency in MLB is a completely different story and how that works. But you should be looking to maximize as many paydays as possible because teams in sports are just reluctant to hand out these eight-year, six-year, seven-year deals for a bunch of money because it either hurts them or that player gets diminished. So, yeah, if I was JJ, I would probably be doing the same thing. And, and honestly, this would probably also help the Vikings, too. It, it depends on how you look at it. It hurts the Vikings if they're looking to kind of spread more money. If they want to go big signing bonus, three years guaranteed, but it's a five-year contract. It gives you more, the longer the term, it gives you more flexibility to play that shell game and move money around. But it helps them if they realize a year into the deal, as great as Justin Jefferson is, paying a wide receiver more than any other non-quarterback might not be a blueprint for a Super Bowl. So both, both sides can kind of figure it out. So here's another one kind of along the same lines. Jason Collier chimes in and says, diehard Vikings fans, from, uh, diehard Vikings fan from Connecticut here. 
I listen to you guys every day on Purple Daily, and I have some reckless speculation I'd like to chime in with. Reckless speculation. We all know the situation with Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. So what if we moved on from both of them? Hear me out on this. Okay. It's kind of scary. Your two most impactful offensive players. It's reckless speculation time. Mm -hmm. Trade Jefferson to the Patriots or the Cardinals for one of those top picks. Base it off the Tyree kill trade where the Chiefs received a first, two seconds, two fourths, and a sixth. Depending on who wants Justin Moore at pick three or four in this draft, you pick Jaden Daniels. You don't stop there. No, you trade up in this year's draft again with one of those two teams who you didn't agree to a trade with. Trade your 11th overall, this year's second, and select Malik Neighbors, and that's your one-two punch on the future rookie-scale contracts. So you draft your quarterback of the future, you trade back up, and you grab a stud-wide receiver Hope this is shared on Purple Daily. Let me know what you think. So you'd say goodbye to both wow. those guys. You draft, you draft rookie versions, and cross your fingers. Oh, first yeah. of all, this is that's a reset. That's a reset. Yep. And first of all, this is fully, fully reckless. Like I, congratulations. Reckless. Before, it's a safe space. This is a safe space. And before I weigh in, I just want to say bravo. Like this guy gets it. This guy gets it. Can I add um, one more thing here, too, just before yeah, you, no. you opine here? I think a lot of people are going to listen to Jason's point and say he's a hater. He want, He's a hater because he wants to get rid of Kirk and he wants to get rid of Jefferson. No, no, no. He's a lover. He's a lover of the franchise. Yeah. He's about the laundry, not the name on the back of the laundry, first yeah. and foremost. He's a lover of trying to find a path to a Super Bowl. Yep. So let's not. Let's not call him a hater for wanting to trade good no. players. He's about building a 53. He's about building he's a something bigger than one player here, right? He's a he's a ruthless let's win a Super Bowl guy and I love Jason for that. Um so what what are the so Jefferson goes to the Patriots? Let's say Jefferson a, to that's a Jefferson straight? to Patriots and you'd get the number 3 and then maybe something else. Okay. And and then what's the pit, what's the trade to get back up to get and the, and now you're at eleven, so you've got the three and the eleven. So you okay. draft Jaden Daniels with the three, and then okay. you move back up into the top five with your eleven plus like a future first or whatever. I might just sit at eleven. I might trade back from eleven and I was get more. Say, I think get more assets. Like like I love this because it's fun, but I think you're right. I think I think you trade like and if the Jefferson, you know what? If Justin's like. If you can't come to an, an agreement, like we do have to go down the doomsday scenario of what do you do? Dude, you could take Marvin Harrison Jr. and then take J.J. McCarthy with the 11. You could do it that way, too. Or you could try to get back up to like nine if M McCarthy, because Thor has completely screwed up the market. Thor Nystrom. People are disputing that on social media. People are saying yeah. that Thor didn't move the market. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know well, how. I don't you know, know what you I would like to didn't? say? On behalf of, of Quasi Delphimensa, the Wilfs, and the Vikings LLC to Thor, screw you. Because we were we had J.J. McCarthy hidden in a back closet yeah. until you had to get on Purple Daily, and you had to go through your whole thing, and now everybody Sabotage. and their brother is trying to draft him. Um, <laughs> I think I like your idea, though. I think get to three, uh, take, um, well, that's interesting. Like I, th I'd probably take Jaden Daniels there, but then my thinking is you're right. You'd probably then trade back from eleven once you got the three. 
think it's interesting. Right. I mean, the, the the Texans made that move, right? Didn't the Texans, they grabbed Stroud, then they moved up again yep. to take Will Anderson, Will Anderson Jr. No, you're right. I, I will say that too many people in Vikingsville think Kirk plus JJ at market value equals Super Bowl. And it doesn't. Unless you are perfect in all your other areas of no, drafting right. and finding free agent gems that work out. I don't, if we start with the premise that Kirk at $40 million and JJ at $35 million doesn't equal Super Bowl, that that to me is not a blueprint for a Super Bowl. Um, unless you've, okay, then where are you finding your edge? Where, okay, you're going to maybe draft 111. Are you then paying Daniil too? I want to know how are you building out the rest of it? Right. So I would, if, if you gave me two options, sign Kirk and JJ or move on from both of them and get a ton of assets and cap space. I would probably lean toward the reset versus pairing those guys together at like 70 to $80 million a year and crossing my fingers. And I've got a question here that I think is a very fair one. And, and it's not being discussed enough by us. And it feels like everyone else. Why are we assuming Kirk's fine? He's going to be 36 and his Achilles blue. And I know he can dance on stage right now. And that's awesome. But why, but why are we assuming, why are we assuming that, that this uh, propaganda campaign of I'm fine, I'm great until we see him on a football field. Like that, that's the thing too. If this is Kirk cousins circa 2018 age where, where there's still real upside there, I'd be, you know, again, that's why when they signed Kirk, I had zero problem Yeah, because you know what? That was a, it was a definite gamble and it did not work, but I understood it. But why are we operating as as a fan base, at least, like, well, if you bring Kirk back and he's got G, uh, JJ, they're going to pick up where they left off on the morning of what October thirty first, two thousand twenty three. Why are we a, operating like this? It's a lot of wishful thinking. We're using outliers like Tom Brady and Drew Brees to some extent, and Aaron Rodgers. We're using outliers to try and prove that Kirk is but, Kirk's going to do the same thing that these other three outliers did. Right? right, but Brady didn't blow his Achilles out. Like that's the thing too. Like well, that's there, there's also dudes like Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. These these guys who are like good, solid, above average quarterbacks that hit 35, 36, Phillip Rivers, and they start to go haywire, like most quarterbacks in football history once they hit 36. Yep. I mean, Peyton Manning won an MVP in 2013, put up one of the best quarterback seasons of all time. By 2015, two years later, he was benched for Brock Osweiler. Like the, the the life life comes at you fast there, and and yeah. we just have this assumption that all the quarterbacks can play well into their late thirties. So, yeah, on top of an Achilles injury, I, I think it is. I think it's too far fetched to just assume what we saw from the nine games of Kirk maybe playing the best football of his life pre injury to assume that that is the norm for the next three years. That is the new bar for Kirk Cousins. In fact, it might have even been his peak. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save, and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious 
and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 and use code purpledaily50 to get 50% off. That's code purpledaily50 at factormeals.com slash purpledaily50 to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. Well, let's look at this from a different angle here. This is from Jack F. He says, you guys have talked a little bit about the, the failings of the Vikings drafts for a number of years, but I don't think you give it enough fault for where they are as a franchise right now. I wanted to see just how bad their drafts were compared to this year's Super Bowl participants. Oh. So I went back to 2016 to see how comparable the Vikings drafting of defensive players has been over the past seven years compared to the Chiefs and the 49ers. Here's a list of the top seven defensive players drafted by San Francisco, Kansas City, and the Vikings since 2016. Warning. Warning. If you're going to listen to this, seriously, sit down, <laughs> take a deep breath. So, okay. Kansas City, Chris Jones, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, George Karloftis, Willie Gay, Leo Chanel, Nick Bolton, San Francisco, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, DeForest Buckner, Dre Greenlaw, uh, Talanoa, is it Hufanga, right? Javon Kinlaw, DJ Reed, Minnesota, Best defensive players drafted over the past seven years. DJ Wanham, Cam Bynum, Makai Blackman, Caleb Evans, Armand Watts, Jaron Curse, and Patrick Jones. Told you. Would the Vikings have been a legit Super Bowl contender if they had either Kansas City or San Francisco's seven in place of their own seven? And conversely, would either one of those two other teams have made their conference championship games if you swapped their set of seven with the Vikings set of seven, there's a lot of talk about Kirk's play, his contract and the money spent on aging vets. But I think by far the biggest reason for the Vikings failing to advance in the playoffs has been their inability to replace those aging vets through the draft, the way that the Super Bowl contenders from this year have done. Well, first of all, Bravo, that's some phenomenal research and it's spot on. Now, the question, though, is is because I, I he's got a great point, but present day, right? Fast forward, we're sitting here today talking about this. You got to figure out a way to get yourself out of this. And Kirk bringing Kirk back now with your current status, does bringing Kirk back make sense? Because that's all our conversations are about, really. Well, and just for fun, maybe someone should do the same exercise but the seven years of Vikings drafted defensive players leading up to when they acquire Kirk Cousins. Maybe someone, oh, funny, uh, I did that oh, this wow. morning, actually. Oh, oh it's a victory. So wow. let's take a trip down memory lane here, okay? Let's go back and look. When Kirk Cousins arrived, the mission was very clear. Yeah. We need one final piece to push our franchise Thank beyond you. the NFC Championship game where we just got to without you. Without you, we got here with Case Keenum, okay? You are coming in here to finish the job for this franchise. Let's look at the Vikings roster and the seven years of defensive draft picks leading into 2018, shall we? Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Trey Waynes, and J. Ron Curse, who was a special teams ace for the Vikings, later panned out for the Lions and the Cowboys to be a good defensive player, Okay. With that collection of draft picks that they nailed in the seven years leading up to Kirk's arrival, the Vikings had the number one defense in the NFL. 
And on offense, they had Stefan Diggs in his prime, Adam Thielen in his prime, Dalvin Cook, and Kyle Rudolph, both in their prime, okay? They missed their chance. He missed his chance, Kirk Cousins. And now that time has passed and the roster has eroded, and yes, they've whiffed on some draft classes. You're not going to bat a 1,000. Any franchise goes through droughts, right? The Patriots stopped drafting well years ago. The Niners whiffed on Trey Lance. Like, you're going to go through droughts. But it's like we have forgotten the reason why he was brought in to begin with and the Aces drafts they had in the five years leading up to 2018 or whatever it was, right? And now we're blaming everything else. Like, well, Kirk, we're using Kirk as a martyr now to say, well, if they had drafted better, buddy, when you got here, they had the best defense in the NFL and some of the best weapons in the NFL at wide receiver, tight end, and running back. And so let's not go back and revise history here. These six years, it's not just a tale of, well, the Vikings have let Kirk down. Kirk let the Vikings down early in his tenure more than the Vikings have let Kirk down at any point in these six years. End rant. All right. But here, but, but you are, but let's just, let's fast forward to now. And yes, your drafting has not been good, especially on defense. But all of that being said, the question now is not to lament that it's to get out of it. Like that's the whole thing. You got to get out of it. How do you get out of it? You probably don't resign a quarterback who is, on the wrong side of 30. That's the thing now. It's like, okay, how do you reset this thing? How do you get to a point where you can be as competitive as possible as quickly as possible? And by competitive, I don't mean, oh, it was a nice season. I mean, you can make a playoff run, which, by the way, the Vikings have never done with Kirk. Mm -hmm. How you do it now is to start to subtract parts, which they did, to their credit, you know, Thielen gone, Kendrick's gone. And, and again, that's my greatest hope that this front office actually does not have a problem with peeling away parts. Like, for all we co- are concerned about this, they made some pretty bold steps. Now, to me, smart moves. But, you know, how can you let Thielen go? He's from here. It's a great story. Well, yeah, but the story ran its course. So hopefully this team now in the current day realizes How do you get as competitive as possible to make a playoff run as quickly as possible? Just like when you signed Kirk, it was the same thing. But the Kirk thing has become, and this happens with all veteran guys who spend too long in one place, especially in in football where you age out. It's a marriage of convenience. It's a marriage of, we're afraid to let Kirk go. Those who are, are afraid to let Kirk go. Because it's comfortable. We got a nice house. We got the joint checking it's account. It's not a train wreck. Yeah. You know what? I mean, we're not we living check to check with Kirk. We sleep it's in real. different beds, but it's fine. We don't mind. And and because of the fact that there are some who I think we're very afraid the Vikings cannot identify a quarterback. But if that's the case, then again, yeah. you shouldn't be employing the people that make the decisions. So I just want to bring this up here. A Breezy chimes in. Phil, didn't you defend Kirk on the on the Thor episode from yesterday? There's room for two things here. Yes, the Vikings have had really bad drafts. 2022 was a bad draft. And then 2016, 17, 18, like they had some really bad, not just defensive bad drafts. They had some bad drafts overall. And and that's a huge reason, probably the number one reason why this roster is not what it was back in 2018. That is a fact. And another fact would be Kirk isn't good enough to overcome those deficiencies and bring a team deep into the playoffs. So when this started off, the Vikings had as close to a perfect situation roster-wise as any quarterback could hope for. Number one defense, weapons all over the place. 
Mike Zimmer at the time was regarded as one of the best head coaches in the league. Look what he did. He took over this train wreck from Leslie Frazier, built it up. Not a quarterback whisper, but it was a plug-and-play situation. And people blame John Filippo. Well, he didn't have the perfect offensive coordinator. I mean, how many times with great quarterbacks in Tom Brady's career, in Patrick Mahomes' career, did we hear complaints about the offensive coordinator? Never, because guess what? If the quarterback is good enough, it doesn't matter. They work together and they figure it out. So let's just not forget, like, yes, the roster is the way that it is in large part because the Vikings have whiffed on draft classes. But that was a perfect situation in 2018, 2019. And Kirk and the Vikings fumbled their opportunity. And so to Judd's point, now it's, it's, now it's about, okay, you're here. What do you do? What is the next step going forward from yep. here? And if, and if Kirk can't fix it the way that the other top-paid quarterbacks can fix it, and by fix it, I don't mean nine wins fix it. I mean still drag this team to the NFC Championship game. If he can't do that, you shouldn't pay him. You can't pay him. Well, but, but the thing, too, is you shouldn't – right now, you should not be at a point where you ask Kirk to fix it. You need to fix it yourself. And you fix it yourself – by resetting. You fix it yourself by making damn sure that, that your drafts improve. Because while the draft can be a crapshoot, you know, the Vikings have missed a lot of late. Like, like yes, the Vikings, yes, I missed on yeah. a fifth-round pick here. I missed on a sixth-round pick there. But when you look at, I mean, the Lewis scene miss and trading back, that can't be just excused as well. That's how the draft works. Now when you look at where they passed up. Um, and I, I saw a comment at... Adnan had a comment earlier that said the Kirk Cousins experiment didn't work. The problem with the entire thing is this. It didn't work, and it should have been brought to an end probably for the sake of everyone after those first three years. Yeah, Because that was the experiment. The experiment was 2018, which is to go back to why this entire show applauded that yeah. move. He was like, You bring up a good point, dude. He was never the guy that was supposed to fix a tarnished roster he was supposed to come in and sit on top of a great roster uh-huh. and push it over the top once it became evident through some of your own doing as a franchise and just through the natural evolution of football rosters and cycles when it transitioned to save us kirk is when the breakup should have happened right and they should have traded him for something of value which we that was a first guess we talked about that for two years and now here they are they're in a position where they can't trade him because he's a free agent and well, <laughs> they're kind of stuck. But the problem was with that first contract, he had a full no trade. And then the second one, he didn't. And so they yeah. could have traded him on the second one. But that, that brings up one more point. If they go to three years on Jefferson, they're damn well better not be a no trade in there. Stop with the no trades. You, you don't need, need to, to give up that court. leverage. Yeah. It, it's like it's like going up in a small plane without a parachute. Yeah, there's no... That sounds. You got to give yourself me anxiety. I've been about I've been that, watching actually. a ton of uh, Masters of the Air on Apple TV right now. It's 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 about uh, World War One or Two. I forget which one, but anyway, it's about like one of the first Air Forces and stuff. And there is a ton of airplane traumatic injuries where people are parachuting out of planes, which <sighs> is William, a little terrifying man. for me. Um, but uh, but yes, yeah. you you need you need a parachute. You need a parachute to jump out of that sucker because Engine Four just failed for the third time. You got to get out of that plane. <laughs> and they parachuted all the time. Yeah, they did. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, They're like, dude, yeah, let's people, go. Think about that. Like you're parachuting into like somewhere in Japan or Europe, and there's people shooting. World up War Two. Those guys. You talk about oh, badasses. I mean, total respect for all of them. Badasses. 
Okay, Jeremy Berg says, somehow I've become an addict to a Minnesota Vikings podcast. I love when you guys do three shows a day. It helps me to not feel empty inside. I decided to watch a Bears podcast once, and this guy was saying the Bears should take Caleb Williams with the number one pick and then move back up to number three and take Marvin Harrison Jr., then trade Fields to the Steelers for a late first-round pick and take the defensive tackle Jerzon Newton from Illinois with the 20th. The Bears could be serious contenders if Caleb Williams pans out and if they beef up their already good defense with free agent signings of, say, Daniil Hunter and maybe Antoine Winfield Jr. Could you guys talk a little bit about our division rivals and their cap space. Well, let's, let's make it a bears conversation here. People have kind of Vikings fans rightfully. So have dismissed the bears for a number of years, right? Ah, oh, they're just, they're always screwing up quarterbacks. They're firing coaches and general managers. Well, at the end of the day, the bears and the Vikings did have the same record seven wins last year. The bears have a ton of high draft capital cap space. How much do you fear the bears compared to where the Vikings are at right now? Depending on what they do at quarterback, um, potentially a lot. And and his suggestion is spot on. They are in a position. Now, they're in the catbird seat of going out and being on the precipice of probably being really good and signing a couple of guys like Hunter and Winfield. And can you imagine those two guys in your division against mm. you? Um, so the only, the, I guess my only question is this. The decision to keep... Eberflus surprised me a bit, and I am curious about the quarterback thing, and I'm not sure they won't screw that up, but the Ryan Poles strip it down to the studs thing I think should be really observed and studied by Vikings fans because you think about he's been there. He and Quasi are on the exact same time plan as far as when they got the jobs. Mm Mm-hmm. You think about what he did and how bad he made that team and how we're talking about them now. You know, this is why, this is another reason why in 2024, this whole thing of, well, they stripped it down. You're going to be bad for a long time. Not if you do it right. The quarterback thing and the coach, I'm a little bit skeptical of, but with their salary cap room and I think a pretty good GM potentially, um, I think that they should be, I think they should be uh, feared as being a potential division contender. I won't be surprised if they're a division contender next season. I don't fear them, but I definitely do not dismiss them as much as I did the last few years. And I don't think Vikings fans should dismiss them either. Um, They have done a really good job of, yes, stripping down that roster, putting themselves in a position where they're going to go out and pay a bunch of big money to now some legit free agents. Like, right, they signed, was it Tremont Edmonds, the linebacker from the Bills Mm -hmm. last year, and everyone was like, that's an overpay for a linebacker. And maybe you would agree. Could be. They got the money. But they got the money to do it, and now they have even more money. So now you're talking about, hey, they can go get Daniel. If they got Daniel Hunter, Vikings fans will be will be bleeping themselves down the leg because Daniel Hunter will be seeing them twice a year and be, and be ripping their heads off. And by the way, the Bears with guys that go back like Julius Peppers and Akeem Hicks and guys that have just terrorized Vikings quarterbacks for years, I don't dis. I don't not. I'm not fearful of the Bears being like this insane juggernaut waiting to wake up and take the NFC by storm. I am not dismissing them though, and I don't think Vikings fans should either. So if if your goal was to win a Super Bowl in the next three years, would you rather have the Vikings' current situation or the Bears' current situation? And, Bears. and the, uh, the Bears have triple the cap space well, this offseason. Two top ten picks. Wanna, same record as the Vikings. I might want a different coach. I'm not, I'm not sure about that one yet. But uh, Can we take Bears. KOC along with – if we could swap yeah. coaches, I you think I'd rather what, have though, KOC too. You know what? 
I would, my suggestion is this right now for the Vikings and their fans. I don't think this team is in a place right now to be concerned about the Packers, Lions, and Bears. You got to fix your own house. Like, I think you're concerned about your opponents when you think, you know, 2018, right? You're coming off a great 2017, as you've documented, Phil. You've got this great defense. You've got a really good team. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, how good are the Packers? Um, but I don't think the Vikings are at a stage where, where they should be concerned about their opponents because they have so much internally to fix. Like, like their house is a mess in some ways, a lot of work. So don't worry about the the fact that you don't like the color of your next door neighbor's, um, door, right? Well, that's an ugly door. Well, your house is a mess. So shut up and fix your house. Yeah. Your house is a mess. So you should call zero res to clean your house. Oh God, you you get the carpets. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Love that. So if you're looking to deep clean your house and fix your situation, Zero Res has a 4.9 out of 5-star rating on Google with 17,000 reviews. So it's about as good as you can get. I feel like most things like restaurants, businesses, if you see like a 4.5 or a 4.6, that's that's a pretty badass rating on, on the Internet. 4.9? Call Zero Res today and ask for the Score North special. That's three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $119 and a free hallway. You can also take $75 off when you get your Airdex Zero Res clean this month. 9520 Res or com. Say you want the Score North special. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go to Alex Pachetti, one of our favorite Feedback Friday contributors. Pachetti. Pachetti. But once a month, Alex comes in with a zinger. It's usually... Kirk Cousins related, and that is what this is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he says, the more I look at the numbers, the more I believe there is no possible way the Vikings can bring back Kirk Cousins. I actually think Quasey will be signing his own pink slip if he does, and here's why. Kirk Cousins' dead cap hit for 2024, as we've talked about, is $28.5 million. This number is locked in against the Vikings books, even if Kirk doesn't resign the day before the league year opens. So the day before free agency, March 13th, that number locks in even if Kirk is gone. It's on your books. From what we've seen, Kirk doesn't seem like he's going to be resigning before he hears what other teams will offer him. And that also affects another player, Daniil Hunter, whose dead cap hit for 2024 is $14.9 million. Similar to Kirk, If he doesn't re-sign with the Vikings the day before free agency, that number hits the Vikings' books, even if Daniil Hunter is gone. The problem is the entire Vikings organization is on hold, waiting for the media darling himself, Kirk Cousins, to test the waters at the Combine and then maybe even into free agency. No Daniil Hunter deal will be finalized until they figure out what Kirk wants to do. So let's play this out, Alex says. If Kirk pushes this thing to the re-signing deadline, and he leaves his team very little opportunity to re-sign their best defensive player because they're all just waiting for Kirk, right? And if they don't re-sign Daniil prior to that deadline and he hits free agency, there's no way they're going to get Daniil back if he hits free agency. Teams like Jacksonville, Indy, Chicago have more money, more cap space. Daniil's going to want that big payday that he never got. He feels like he hasn't gotten that big payday yet, even at age 29. So... Kirk Cousins is not only dead set on holding the Vikings hostage for as much money as he can get, 
He's also ruining their leverage and quickly re-signing their best defensive player. If Kirk comes back at any cost and they don't re-sign Daniil Hunter, they basically have no chance at competing for the division next year. There's no one left on this defense. Kirk is destroying the Vikings' ability to build any semblance of a competent team around him. He has never, ever been about helping the Vikings win. He's never been about finding creative ways to help them compete for a Super Bowl. He's simply in it for as much as he can get, doing the opposite of what Drew Brees did for New Orleans a few years back by signing in January and not waiting until a bidding war. Well, I mean, let's examine the history of it. What What is to lead you to believe that Alex Pacetti is wrong? But you know what? I'm not going to fault Kirk this time. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw daggers at Kirk on this one. If this is how it's transpiring, and we don't know this, like we don't know yet. Well, we know but that it, he hasn't signed yet, and it's well, Janu- it's it's correct. Way past January, correct. But a decision might be made. Like for all we know, a decision has been made, and he's good. He's not. They they have internally said he's not going to come back, and they're not going to come out and say that at this point in time. I get that, but um, this is on the Vikings. This is on the team at this point. This is not on Kirk. Kirk is playing them like Kirk does. And if the Vikings are reciprocating, then you know what? Shame on them. And I think we need to look at people's jobs. Like if you're being played just like Spielman was by Kirk Cousins, but we don't know that. We don't know that. And and I, I'll say this. They might have a price point on Kirk that they've decided, okay, this is this is what we're going to go to the combine and offer his agent, Mike McCartney. And if they say, let's play ball on that, we play ball. And if they say no, it's done. But if the Vikings had the intestinal fortitude, which they did last March, to tell Kirk, here's what we're going to do. And there was a year left, so it was a perfect time to get a deal done, an extension done. And the and clearly the Cousins camp said, no, thank you. Um, then this just might be it. If the Vikings end up getting played like Alex Pacetti just outlined, that's a them problem. I'm, I'm done blaming Kirk. Mm-hmm. When you have the control yeah. to say no. I mean, the, the point, too, about let's say Kirk tests the market. They hit free agency. Maybe they even extend Kirk's deadline or something. Right? I don't think Daniil's going to extend his deadline, that the the dead cap deadline. No, he's going to want to hit. He wants to hit free he agency. Should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for him. They've been clowning around with this contract for years with him. But if if Kirk gets a few days into free agency, maybe they extend that deadline to give the Vikings a chance to be in the mix, too. And he resigns, but Daniil goes and signs with the Chicago Bears for twenty five million dollars a year. What's the? What's I'm kind of I'm kind of at like, well, what's the point of bringing Kirk back then? Like now right. you're in, now you're kind of in recent mode. Unless on the back end they've got Christian Wilkins coming in, or they've got Matt Abuike coming in, interior pass rush guy. If they've got another iron in the fire with a younger free agent, okay, we can have that conversation. If they bring Kirk back, and let's say they bring him back on two-year contract, and there's no backup plan. Like, it's it's status quo. Nick Mullins, because yeah. he's good in the room. And so you're basically starting 2024 as you did 2023. What's going to be your takeaway from that? So, like, you didn't draft a quarterback high. Like, you might, let's say I draft another one in the sixth round. But my, my Spencer point is. Spencer Rattler, come yeah. on down. But my point is that there's not a, like, like it's not a one-year Kirk contract, but now he's a bridge. It, th- this is a commitment to Kirk again of we're going to try and go all in again with Kirk. 
for 2024 and maybe 25. Well, that's a good transition into this one from Eric McConnell here. He says, it's been roughly two years since Quasi's don't go full Rams comments. And you might have noticed that the Rams made the playoffs this year and the Vikings didn't. It would be interesting to compare the two franchises where they currently stand. Did the Rams actually lap the Vikings? Because they went Super Bowl, reset, now they're back, now they're back in the playoffs. Or was it just a fluke based on strength of schedule? I will say the, the Vikings, f- for years and years and years, it seems like the Vikings have lived in fear of the extremes, right? Like, oh, we can't possibly take a deep breath for a year because then we might become what the Lions were for all those years, right? Oh, we can't possibly go full Rams because what if we don't have first-round picks for six or seven years? What would we do if it doesn't work? Right. So that they're fearing the worst-case scenario on rebuild or go full Rams. Yep. Well, the Rams went full Rams. They went all in. They traded a bunch of first-round picks for years. Go get Matthew Stafford, Von Miller, all these guys, right? Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Odell Beckham Jr., they made all these moves. And they win the Super Bowl. And because of that, like, a bunch of dudes have to come off the books. Guys get old. Okay, deep breath. Have a one bad season. But if your coach is solid, your organization's solid, you're going to dra- you find Puka Nakua in the middle rounds of the draft, right? Just and they're just right back in it. And they're going to be a He's contender a next pick. year. He's a fifth-round pick. Yeah. So this, again, is where you... Don't go full Rams, though. You know, don't go full Rams. Give me a That's a, Yeah. First of all, these these points and questions are Dude, awesome. Listeners are on so good fire today. today, man. You guys yeah. are you guys are basically <laughs> carrying the show. Um, like this is great. It's a it, it's a fantastic point. It's an absolute fantastic point. And and this goes back to a conversation that that we've had previously that actually goes back to Spielman, which is you know back back in the time when the Rams went full Rams. If you recall, the Vikings were sort of in, in a position to, to do the exact same thing. Yes. The Jalen Ramsey trade was a year where the Vikings, I mean, hell, I think we talked about it on the show, easily could have made that that trade and justified it and had mm-hmm. a shutdown corner at the time. Too risky. So, Too risky. Yeah, you know, it, that, that's a great, I, I love your assessment. They're afraid of like, okay, let's just stay in the middle of the pool because if we go in the real deep end, we might drown. And if we're in the shallow end, we don't look like we're uh, serious about this. You know what the you know what the full Rams would do if they thought Kirk was the answer? Everyone wants to compare Kirk and Stafford, even though one was the number one overall pick, has more arm talent, and actually took a team and won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Kirk's never been close. But, okay, extend Kirk for commit to him. Cool. We believe you're going to come back from this Achilles. Three years. Let's do it. Let's spread money out. Let's go three years. Push money into that third year, fourth year, void year. Let's clear some room and trade the number 11 overall pick for a stud player in his prime who's actually good right now. Hmm. And then trade your second round pick. Like, go full. I'd rather them go full Rams than sit in the middle of this competitive rebuild that they've been trying to frame as a good idea for the last two years. Yeah. And, you know, they shouldn't be going, should be making football decisions based on emotion. But to me, and I understand that there is a freezing cold takes that could be exposed here in months. But if they just run everything back, this is going to, like, it's just setting up to be one of the most boring Vikings teams of all time. I think if you just continue to run everything back, what are, what are you really doing here? Like, are, are you just, you just want to be seven and nine and you have an open NFC and you think you can compete because the NFC doesn't have a stranglehold with a bunch of good quarterbacks like the AFC? It just, to me, would feel like this is going to be a very boring Viking season. I think sometimes you need a shot of life into an organization. And obviously, when you draft a quarterback, right or wrong, Christian Ponder or Teddy Bridgewater, there's an, there's an excitement there. 
there's just a natural excitement whether those guys work out. It just feels like it'd be a very boring Viking season if it's just the same cast of characters doing it, doing it again. Yeah, and I think like if they did, and when we say run it back, I think we're talking about Kirk, Daniil, Jefferson. I mean, there's enough. there's been enough changes the last two or three years. Harrison Smith is one that they're going to have to figure out. Are they winning a Super Bowl with those guys as the key pillars? That's the question they have to answer. And they might say internally, probably not, but we aren't, we aren't going to be a five-win team, and we value that more than we value peak upside, right? Uh, Leif Uland says, I agree with the three-year contract thought. I've been thinking about that for a couple weeks. I think they would have a hard time passing up the value of three years and $100 million. They could afford to do a lot of things outside of Kirk if it was three years, $100 million. It's not what I would do, but they might be very tempted. By the way, it's not what I would do either. I would just move on and, and get to my next thing. But I'd rather just I'd rather do a three year deal than a than a one or a two year deal almost because it, all right, at least at least you're picking a path and at least you're giving yourself some flexibility. The yeah. issue the issue though comes down to a couple of very key important components here. One is how much is guaranteed. So like if I'm doing a three year deal, it's really a one year. Okay. But I need the ability to pull the ripcord because he's coming off an Achilles problem and he's nearing 40. Yeah. And as he does, there's no guarantee he's not just going to go off a, a cliff. I also need him to have uh, zero no trade protection. You're not going to hold me hostage. If I suck and I want to trade you, I, I can I can try and trade you. He's going to balk at all of these. which Oh, he the, wants guaranteed money too. For sure. That's the, that's the problem. I, I think he wants probably a couple of years. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, everything he's going to balk at. Here's the real question, and I think I think I know the answer, um, is also how much is he going to balk at me trying to re-sign him and then me saying, okay, cool, dude, but we're also drafting a quarterback, and you're basically a bridge guy? Yeah, but don't, don't you think his agent is asking those questions? Don't you think as they're having this discussion, the agent is saying, well, we want – we oh, yeah. want to be here. We want security. Yep. So we want term. Yep. And we want to make sure that your vision for next year is the same as our vision, which is let's keep building around Kirk. Correct. So can you give us assurances, Mike McCartney and Kirk Cousins, my client? Can you give us assurances that you're going to draft a non-quarterback in the first rounds to keep? But they're not going to give that assurance, right? This is where, like, it's super interesting, man. But But this is also where a decision, for all we know, might have been made. And they're both, and maybe it benefits both parties to oh, sort yeah. of just hold their cards. Because if you're the Vikings, you don't want to be without a dance partner right now Correct. as you're trying to negotiate other deals and a trade. Well, we can still and resign Kirk. We, and we if you're Kirk and the team that has had you for six years is like already out on you a month before free agency, we don't want that perception out there. Right. Well, why are they out on him? That's weird. Right. I thought they had Kirk's Kirk chains, man. Right. What are they doing? Uh, John Latinsky says, hey, it's John from Jersey. I'm 67, retired, and a longtime listener. I've been a Vikings fan since the late 1960s. I love the show, but he's talking about Tuesday's podcast. Tuesday's podcast struck a nerve. Apparently, Judd has a railroad crossing near his house. And having spent 42 years on the railroad as a locomotive engineer and hitting multiple... and hitting multiple vehicles that go around the gates and try to beat the train, it is no laughing matter. The Federal Railroad Administration mandates that we blow the horn. 
What really ticked me off, though, is that you said the conductor blew the horn. The conductor does not blow the horn and does not run the train. Yes, you run or operate a train. You do not drive the train. The locomotive engineer's job is to do those things. See, you learned Still love the show. School Thank you. See, I learned something new. So wait, so the locomotive engineer blows the horn. That is correct. Yes. And I think what we arrived at was change it to a Vikings Gallahorn. That that was our main point. Is if yeah. there's going to be a train coming through the Judd's neighborhood during now. Purple Daily, let's, yeah. let's, let's let's change the the sound. I of do the love horn. the train though. I love the sound of the train. Like at night, it's just great. At night, it's great. I I grew up right by train tracks off Highway 61, and the screeching and anyone who would come over to like have a sleepover for the first time would be terrified because you would hear the bang the truck the train stopping or like the train screeching and they'd be like what what is that yeah like, it's trains yeah. go back to it's fine it's, go to sleep it's the wheel the screeching it's i love that screeching yeah, sound. me too yeah <laughs> so thank you john appreciate you shedding some knowledge here nick heinen says hang the banner boys would love to hear your thoughts on the vikings being voted best team name on the new heights podcast this week they did a team name bracket and the vikings reached the finals the Vikings beat the Eagles in the semifinals, and then they beat the Steelers in the finals on the Jason and Travis Kelsey podcast. We won something. <laughs> I think we hang the banner inside U.S. Bank Stadium. I love it. Why not? I do I love mean, we got name. something to take home now. I, outside of the Wild, I really like all the Minnesota Minnesota names. The Wild is just so it's unique. No, it's dumb. It's not unique. It's uniquely dumb. The North That's Stars used to be great, too. North Stars is phenomenal. It's yeah. a phenomenal oh, logo. Get over it. North Stars have been gone for 30 years. Who cares? It's and a great name. And that's fine. But it's a great name. I don't want them back. I want their name back. I love Timberwolves. Timberwolves is great. Timberwolves Vikings is great. Twins is great. But the Wild. Yeah. Gophers? We like the Gophers? I don't mind. You know what? I know as it's my fine. distinguished St. Cloud State alumni, uh, I'm fine with the Gophers. I think Gophers the Gophers is, is good, too. Golden Gophers, right? It's technically isn't it technically golden Gophers. The golden no. is the golden. golden that's Gophers. another golden Gopher. First, First out. Out. Final score: Ohio State thirty-eight, Minnesota seven. <laughs> Drive home safely. Come on, it's mean. Eric Barsness says, "Need some clarification, gentlemen." On Tuesday's Twins show, Mackie said that Manny Hill used to work at Score North, but still works for fifteen hundred ESPN. I thought Score North was fifteen hundred ESPN. Behind the scenes stuff, I always find interesting. Could you explain? Yes, we. I feel like sometimes this does get confusing. So, fifteen hundred ESPN. If we had like a gravestone, it was two thousand ten through two thousand nineteen, and then it went away, and we launched Score North. And at the time, Score North was also a radio station, podcast network, social media, YouTube. Then the pandemic hit, and there was a bunch of other changes behind the scenes. And four years ago, we separated Score North from AM1500. So both properties operate under Hubbard Radio's larger umbrella. Uh, and there's some crossover in terms of, like, there's some producers behind the scenes that will do some work for 1500 ESPN and for Score North. But Score North is a completely separate podcast and YouTube and social media entity Mm-hmm. Not measured by like radio measurements, not measured by Nielsen. And then AM 1500 is, as of again, four years ago, 1500 ESPN radio. I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of confusing, but I got you. Jeb, would you like to go back to doing a four hour talk show no. on 1500 ESPN every no. day? No, thank God I don't have to be talking. <laughs> oh, those 
those 4.15 a.m. alarms to get up. Or Time for a sports update. It is. There's P- I, 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 I don't mean to pick on him, but is it Jason Lock and Four, right, of CBS yeah. Sports, tweeting out that rundown? That is PTSD for me. And, I, and, and I'm, you guys have way worse than probably looking at that than I do. But I see that. I see 16 segments of four hours. Fill them up. It, there it are so terrifies. Many Tap out. I'm tapping out. Not there doing There are it. so many segments we don't ha- have to do now that I'm so happy oh, we don't have to talk about. Because I think what happens when you do like a four-hour talk show, which has become a lot more standard, mm-hmm. I think maybe 10, 15 years ago, big radio companies would have more people on staff and you would be doing two-hour shows and three-hour shows. But then as staffs get thinner, they start asking more of radio hosts. And so there's the standard talk show length. There's some, like, I think there's a couple on the score in Chicago or maybe WFA where it's five hour talk shows. One to six. Baby. was five, right? And he I just ran that. calls and snored yeah. for six hours. Right. <laughs> and read his cell phone and drank a ton of yeah. Diet Coke <laughs> stuff that I would do if I did a five hour show. But All I right, think it's connected. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I think we all kind of universally love just diving into the new format. The last few years, it yeah. seems like, Podcast, YouTube, social media, much more of a growth area than AM radio, obviously. And that was why we made the decision a few years ago. But hopefully that helps explain what we were talking about. Tony Santacano says it would be cool if Purple Daily would be on Media Row during Super Bowl week when the Vikings are in the Super Bowl at some point. Would you guys think about doing that? Well, we did oh. do, speaking of the radio, we did do Radio Row for the whole week when the Super Bowl was at U.S. Bank Stadium. And it was That's one of the most, one fun of the most fun weeks we've, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the previous venture, that was yeah. one of the greatest weeks we had. That was easy to do 16 segments when guys like, like oh, Stefan Diggs is here with yep. an Old Spice shirt. Come sit down. Oh, Gold Terry Brothers. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think we should maybe explore... We should explore just next year, maybe even just doing Radio Row, regardless of where is this? It's in New Orleans, New Orleans. next year. Orleans. Yeah, oh boy, that could that could be very fun. I've never been to New Orleans. Oh, uh, you dude. might not come back, dude. The food, I mean, the music that you might not come back. I told you this over text over last weekend, but uh, I'm doing my mini moon. Is we're we're going to Vegas, uh, like the day after the wedding for three days. We looked at a hotel. It was like eighteen dollars a night, or it was just a steal. So we were like, "Well, now it's fate. We got to do this." But the whole reason that came up was because I was having FOMO of I'm seeing all the Radio Row stuff going on in Vegas. Like, I got to go back to Vegas. Yeah. I got to go back to Vegas. Oh, if so we did Radio fun. Row in Vegas, yes, I would need a supervisor. I would no. need someone to <laughs> knock on my door. I need to make sure I get up for it because it could be a disaster for me. But I would you have will- fun. I would have a lot of fun. New Orleans is Vegas without the bumpers. Yeah. There's some, like, dark, seedy areas. It's, it's of... Vegas without the bumpers, baby. That bowling ball is going to go in <laughs> the gutter, and so are you. And there ain't nothing that you can do to stop it. Okay, we should ex- we should explore this. A little let's Purple Daily field trip at some point. And then let's go to this one here. Jackson Riggins has a bone to pick with Declan to finish the show. He says, hey, Purple Daily crew, I tend to agree with you guys on most takes, but Declan Goff, I scoff at the idea of signing Tony Pollard in free agency. Signing a middling running back from last year for a decent amount of money will not fix the running game. I'd much rather do the Mackey thing, which is sign a guard to fix your trenches. So he's he's picking a bow. He scoffs at Declan Goff 
on the tone scoff, pod scoff. idea. Scoff, scoff. That's a great little segment there. That's that's a, I was going to say, that's a segment. That could it's be a built-in. Scoff, scoff. That could be a built-in feedback Friday. Like, what's our scoff, golf comment of the week? That yeah. I think that's send a great in. idea. Right Starting there. next in. week, send sponsored, in your by the way, scoff too. at golf. Hey, scoff sales, golf. sponsor that. Yes, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Um, but uh, uh, I will say about Tony Pollard and just the idea of running back, we'll just draft a guard or you know, sign a guard or draft another running back. KOC struggles with running the football, man. Whether it's a rookie, whether it's an established guy, whether it's trying to turn a new over a new – he has – a horrible time with getting an established run game. So that's where I thought if you bring in someone like Tony Pollard, who can also catch the football, he's not yeah. just a true bell cow either, could open some things up. I get it. It wouldn't be priority number one for me either, but I think it would enhance that running back room a little bit more. I'm pro Tony Pollard, but I would I would go trenches. I'd be talking to Christian Wilkins. I'd be talking to Matt Abuike. Sure. I'd be talking to Kevin Dotson. Like, give me, but give to me Dex's point, too, the Pollard contract is not exactly going to yeah, uh, a... break the bank. No, it's Christian Wilkins will. I just mm-hmm. think he, he might be worth it. Yes. I mean, Christian Wilkins is going to make two and a half times as much as Tony Pollard yeah. in free agency. Right. So, all right. That's a wrap on feedback Friday here. Great questions. Great comments today. Seriously. Great this is one of our, our best. Great benefit. It is. It's one of our best. I'm not kidding, Dex. I agree. It's I'm, scoffing. I'm scoffing at Goff or scoffing, scoffing at Judd. Scoff at Goff. Yeah, why would you oh, scoff man, at me? These, pe- these people are like programming the show with some of these thoughts. Yeah, it's great. Genius stuff. So, yeah, we have all sorts more news coming down the pipeline. We are sure of it here. We are less than two weeks away from the NFL Combine, which is when all the secrets get spilled Oh, That's God. when you're going to start to hear the Jeremy Fowlers and the Schefters and the Rappaports. Hey, did you see what happened over hey. there? Hey. Hey. What's I've been drinking all day. I got a lot to tell you. I've got some booze on my breath, but I'm live on NFL <laughs> Network. All right. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. <laughs>